Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to Headliner Radio. Today I'm joined by emerging singer, songwriter and musician Shalom, who has just released her debut LP, Sublimation, which we're going to be chatting about today. Shalom, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks so much for having me. You're so welcome. It's a, a pleasure to be chatting to you today. Where are you calling from and what have you been up to so far this week? Um, I am calling you from Glendale, Queens, which is outside of uh, where I used to live in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Um, I got priced out of Brooklyn because ah, yes. it is crazy <laughs> right now. Um, so I live in Queens. Uh, this morning I have cuddled with my cat nice. a lot. Um, and just done some looking out the window. It's really beautiful out. It snowed yesterday. So it's like perfect today in terms of like appearance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice day for looking out the window. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Um, uh, before we talk about, um, music and, and stuff that you've been up to more recently, um, I want to ask a little bit about your musical journey so far, because I understand it's been quite an unconventional one and, and growing up, was music something you always knew you you wanted to pursue as a career? Um, definitely not as a career. Um, I have immigrant parents, Nigerian parents. Mm-hmm. I always thought I was going to be a lawyer because my dad said I should. Um, <laughs> so I actually was in law school when I when I went to to university for law in South Africa. Okay. Um, but then I moved to New Jersey. And that ended up not being the plan. And instead, I became a musician. <laughs> um, so definitely not always in the plan, especially as like a career. Mm, to be mm. a career musician was never really in the cards. I've always been a writer. Um, it's just that when I moved to the U.S., I bought my bass in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I don't know, getting to merge these two parts of myself. Like one, this person that really loves bass guitar and I really love I was watching a lot of live music in like the New Brunswick basement scene mm-hmm. um basement show scene when I arrived and I just like was paying attention to these bassists because they're phenomenal and I was like they are controlling the room yeah like in the basement the sound is not great but that basis is the reason we are moving <laughs> um, so I just I just became really enamored with the sound and the instrument and started really listening for it and and then I started playing and then I started like writing songs played in a band for a little bit. Then I couldn't write for a long time after the band broke up. Um, But then it came back and I have not stopped writing, mostly out of fear that if I stop writing, (laughs) it will go away again. Um, So Yeah, it's important to have that momentum, I think, isn't it? And to kind of maintain that for sure, for sure. Um, Okay, cool. So you've always been a a songwriter, obviously. Um, And and did you study uh, when you moved to New Jersey? Did you study music there? Is that when you kind of started um, or at least started getting into the scene then? Um, So I have always loved live music. It just was not as accessible to me growing up in Johannesburg as it was when I moved to um, New Jersey. Uh, In New Brunswick, I could go to three shows in a weekend if I wanted to. And there would be three bands at every show. Mm. And I could just I could just see nine bands in a weekend and it would be a regular weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it's just like America is kind of like, I don't know, people really believe they can do anything. So people <laughs> really bet on themselves and be like, oh, I want to be a musician. I'm going to play these songs to people. Um, and there's just like more opportunity, I guess, to succeed because America is a machine. Yeah. And if you have America <laughs> behind you, it's easier than it would be if you were trying to do the same thing in Johannesburg, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I just I just really started. I lived in an alternative arts community dorm 
my freshman year. Okay. And they were into the basement scene and they are the reason I started going to shows. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I just, I moved out of the dorm after my first year. I had some drama over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I continued like host, like going to shows. And then I started hosting shows um, and I ran shows for three years out of my basement in the various houses that I lived in. Dope. In New Brunswick. So, like, I, I don't know, it's, the, the scene is very important to me. <laughs> the scene in New Brunswick is very important to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean. It plays a huge role. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It sounds like there's a, there's a pretty cool scene there. And um, to what extent did your experience as a, as a first-generation black woman and as a college student in a predominantly white space uh, help you to kind of um, push the boundaries of, of your songwriting, I guess? I think it just like I am more brave than I give myself credit for. And I recognize that in hindsight, like mm-hmm. I had been playing bass for like, like playing in earnest, maybe for like two months before we played our first show as Synscope. Wow. And I was terrified. I never, I've never had lessons. I don't know. I technically do not know how to play the bass, but I can get <laughs> the sounds that I want out of it and it works. Uh-huh. So by default then it is working trust your Um, ear right (laughs) so like i was i was playing in this scene after being in the scene for like two years i was like joining the scene as a musician having been like a showgoer and a host now i was playing as a band and i was like and i know the people that are watching me because i know i've i've seen these bands and i've seen all these really really talented people Mm. like play the hell out of their songs new brunswick is like a crazy place for like emerging talent because it's like it's college kids it's like 18 to 24 Mm -hmm. people are exploding in becoming themselves and that is being that energy is channeled into a billion things becoming a person but also like if you make art into your art and if you're dedicated and if you're hardworking and you're talented which so many of these people are um like you do awesome things and there's awesome music that comes out of there. Um, my friend's band Flycatcher actually just released a song today called Rust. They formed in New Brunswick uh-huh. and they are doing really well. They're putting out an EP nice. pretty soon. So it's exciting. Amazing. Amazing. So who who are you kind of listening to growing up and who do you consider to be uh, your main musical influences? Okay, so the first CD I ever bought was Between Two Lungs by Florence and the Machine. Uh-huh. Um, and I, it was a, it's a double disc. It's like the lungs, the record. And then the other side is like some live versions, some remixes, Mm -hmm. um, really, really cool stuff. But that album was like crazy for me. One, because Florence and the Machine is an is an insane musical journey for ears. Um, especially for like my ears at like age 13. Um, but I... I had this little pink radio that I got for my 11th birthday. I asked for it really hard and I got it. And I used to listen to um, the radio charts on Saturdays. Uh It was called the Take 40 Essay. And they would like (laughs) be like, these are the top 10 songs of the week. And I would have a little notebook and I'd be like, I'm predicting that, I don't know, (laughs) Love the Way You Lie by Eminem and Rihanna is going to be number one. And it would be because I I just listened to the radio like it was my job. Um, so in that sense, a lot of just like classic 2010s pop music, like if it's good and it was on there, like I just, 
I'm not like super good at genres. It's just like if it feels good, whatever then sounds good, it. right? Yeah, yeah, you know, like it doesn't. It doesn't actually have to be like more complicated than that. <laughs> um, in terms of like artists that I like listen to that I think really influence my sound, um, Florence and the Machine, just like in a songwriting way, the the songwriting is really really special to me. Um, LCD Sound System, I really love. Mm, dope. Yeah. I really love Car Seat Headrest. Uh, Soccer Mommy, obviously. Mm. Um, very, like, um, contemporary, I guess, influences, just because my parents weren't, like, super music people. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I, like, listen to a lot of... I listen to, like, Christian... Christian... 2000, like, early 2000s Christian. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That music <laughs> in the car... Don't want no monsters in my house tonight. Uh, that was a hit. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I so my I don't really have like a ton of like musical knowledge. In ter- like uh, when I say a ton, I mean like I went to school with people who are just like rolodexes of music, just uh, like in their brain is so much knowledge about what was happening in the seventies, and I don't know why. I could never, I could never hold that much stuff in my brain, uh-huh. and I revere them for being able to do that. But I just am not on that level. Mm. Um, you just like, like you just like what you like, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so I don't know. It just sometimes I I feel a little like oh I shouldn't I shouldn't say anything or I shouldn't like talk about I don't know like things in broad categories because I don't really know what they mean and I'm like but if you get what I'm saying mm, mm-hmm. like if if like I studied communication at school um my major was communication and my minor was linguistics okay and it's just I'm a huge words person and I love I can my tell. favorite class was yeah. like interpersonal relationships it was great uh-huh. um but I just like Communication at the end of the day is like me saying something and trying to get a message across and you receiving the message. Whatever happens in the in-between actually is not consequential. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you understand what I'm saying. So... That's all that matters. Like, if it's, if it's, <laughs> like it's right. Yeah, but it's important to have those kind of interpersonal skills, uh, like you say, when, when working in music, um, talking sure. to all different facets of the business and, you know, producers, engineers and... And trying to interpret what's going on in your head and getting that down, making a track. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting that you said you studied linguistics. I could tell you're very much a people person. Um, so the new LP, it's 13 tracks. Um, so it's like a proper album, right? I mean, yeah. um, I, I guess firstly, tell us about, uh, for our listeners, uh, some of the themes you've tried to bring together on the record, things like heartbreak uh letting go of inhibitions and all that kind of stuff what kind of emotions do you want to make your fans feel from listening to your music um okay so i heard something this week that was like is music for the player or the listener and it was like the answer was like music is always for the listener but the first listener is the player sure yeah um and i've been thinking about that a lot and uh my conclusion is that I don't think I want anybody to feel anything specific. I just I just want people to be open to receiving whatever they receive from my music. Like, I am not trying to, like, project a specific message to people. It's mm-hmm. just, like, these are my feelings, and they make they sound like this, and I hope they make you feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, is more of the vibe that I'm going for. Okay. Instead of, like, you should feel this specific way. Something because I'm talking specific. about a ton of stuff, but, like, I don't know. 
maybe you went through a breakup and you did not mm-hmm. get left at the train station crying. Like maybe that does not relate for you. Or maybe you have felt really shitty at a train station and now you feel better when you think about it because you're doing so much better. Like it, like people are very complex and can think about things in so many ways. And I think the real honor is just like having people listen and like having people construct their own thoughts and feelings about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm just, I'm just stoked to see like what, what you'll think because <laughs> this is just my feelings and now they sound like this. So no, you're right. It's so subjective, isn't it? It's um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of the themes I would say are definitely just like coming of age. Um, yeah. Definitely like an early twenties record. Um Wow, that's so crazy. I'm turning 25 this year, which is bizarre. <laughs> um, crazy. Uh, just like, I don't know, drama, friendship drama, relationship drama, just like kind of turning into kind of what college does to you, which is like you go in as a child and you kind of come out as a real person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's definitely that and like the tumultuous nature of that process entering adulthood like it can be really great but it can scary. also really suck yeah <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um and if we talk a little bit about your sound it's kind of it's kind of indie rock-esque but also makes you want to dance around a bit um do you feel <laughs> like i guess for want of a better phrase do you feel like you found your sound and have started to kind of develop that with the lp you know mm, no no because i am just I am making all of those songs. I think the reason those songs like go together is because of the time that they were written in. Like they all, it sounds like a complete body of work because like, obviously through like thinking about sequencing and thinking about what this, what the story I'm trying to tell on this record is, Mm. um, comes out a specific way, but I just, mm, just put out what's in your head. Right. I just like I just I don't know that I'm like I'm like going for a specific sound. I'm just like this is what sounds good to me right yeah. now. Like I don't yeah, have yeah. a lot of like technical like music theory knowledge. I don't like mm. know what the formula is, but if I like try something and it sounds good, I'm just going to keep <laughs> keep the vibes going. Try yeah. stuff and see like what that collection of work sounds like. Like uh-huh. the second record is pretty much finished i'm like working on sequencing different sequences right now okay um but it like it's not like it's not like the same sound but it's not like i don't know i don't know it's like different but it still sounds like this is shalom singing about her feelings Uh uh yeah for sure for sure it's interesting i want to talk a little bit about um how how it came together as well from from a kind of creative so if i just go back a few years uh shalom in, yeah. in december 2020 kind of height of the pandemic you released concrete and a couple of other kind of home recorded demos um on a self-released ep titled the first snowstorm of the year which is an awesome name for a for a project um which eventually yeah. caught the ear of ryan hemsworth who's the producer you've been working with now uh, I mean, he was obviously impressed by your artistry, so I asked you to work on Quarter Life Crisis, and then you signed with Saddle Creek. Um, so was it kind of a nice organic process working with him again on the LP? Um, yeah, so how it happened was Amber, who was A&R at Saddle Creek, DM'd me on Instagram because she saw like a cover 
yep. of mm-hmm. like the Agnes cover that's on the EP. She saw it on someone's Instagram story. Okay. Maybe like this is like maybe two days after I put it out, December 20th, like before Christmas, Amber reaches out. Um, and she was like, oh, I'd love to talk about music with you sometime. And I was like, oh, my goodness, let's do this. Let's drink tea. Let's do a FaceTime. Mm. And I answered this message before I clicked on her profile. And then I clicked on her profile and it said A&R for Saddle Creek. And I almost passed out. Um, I was like, what? Uh, yeah, but I had a call with her in January of 2021. And she was like, I want to make records with you. I was like, I have never done this before. She was like, okay, I work with this artist named Ryan Hemsworth. He does Quarter Life Crisis. He makes these projects with other artists. It's a collaborative project. He heard your EP. He really likes it. Why don't you guys try making a couple songs? And I was like, okay, we were going to make a couple songs. And then we had like four songs. And it was like, okay, make an EP. And then we had like seven songs and I was like, oh, what do I cut for the EP? And Amber was like, you don't, you just make the record, just yeah. finish the record. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in, uh, by, I want to say October of 2021, we were, it was finished and it got mastered in February of 2022. Amazing. Um, I, I, I think I signed like my contract in like August, September is like when we started talking. Yeah. With Saddle Creek, like, like, if it, like, officially, like, you are going to be our next artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it all happened really quickly. It sounds like it. Yeah. A bit yeah. Of, bit of, uh... But working with Ryan is great. He's really wonderful. Um, I don't know. I'm a little weird guy. He's a little weird guy. <laughs> so we get along. Um, he's really great. He's really open and really, really, really connects with me and like the way I think about things on like a really it feels really intuitive yeah it comes across as really intuitive Uh um and that makes working with him all that much easier yeah nice nice and I want to talk to you about the uh the final single that you released from the LP Lighter um uh which is a great track um just for our listeners Shalom um I guess what is the track about uh what inspired it the kind of vibe you were going for and uh, and I guess how that came together from from a creative perspective as well. Yeah, so Lighter is the song that I call um, the best thing I've ever done. And I am so okay with never doing anything that good that fast <laughs> ever again. Because I wrote that song in 45 minutes. <laughs> Man, come on. And I sent it to Ryan. And the next morning he had sent it back with the guitars. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> because I'm not a guitar player. So I had just done a bunch of bass tracks yeah. and sent the project to Ryan, which is how we make the songs. Um, and, and then, then he, he put the guitars magic, over it. Put some guitars yeah. in and then sends it back to me. Because yeah. it was a virtual collaboration like because of the pandemic. We didn't yeah. meet yeah. until December of 2021, but we've been working together since like February mm. of 2021. Um, so yeah, Lighter is a song about literally just not wanting to be yourself because being yourself is a heavy and tiring thing to do and to be. Um, And it was really born out of a place where I was just really, I don't know. I'm always thinking about how I, I don't know. I could always, I could be a little bit better. I could be a little nicer. I could be a little more this. I could be a little more that. Mm-hmm. Um, And like, I don't know. It's, it, there's just this idealized version of myself that like exists in my brain that cannot exist in reality. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. It's easier to see that because that, because that can never exist in reality for me. It's easier to be like, Oh, there's somebody else 
who is this ideal person who has all these perfect things about them. Uh, um, and just being really honest with myself and just owning, owning the fact that I was like, I, yeah, I could, I feel like I could go to jury duty for a season. Like I need a, I would like to not do this in my, be myself anymore. Um, at the time I was in a lot of therapy. I'm still in therapy. I love therapy, but I was, I was in a pretty intense period of therapy. I'm doing a lot of work on like my self-talk and the way I talked about myself to myself and the way I treat myself. Um, and making that song was a really, really big part of it. Cause it was just like, I don't know, the first step to anything is like acceptance and admittance. Yes. Um, and just being able to level with myself and be like, damn, I just, I'm really tired and I just wish I had it figured out and could be someone else. Um, and yeah, it came together really quickly. I wrote the baseline. I started with the baseline. Um, and then did some lyrics. And then I there's it's really funny. The original project just has the guitar in it, is just me doing one E chord and it's looped. because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm not a guitar player and it's hard for me to do, but it like start it's I don't know was enough for Ryan to go off of and he just yeah. gets it right yeah. all the time. Yeah. So And it has a pretty cool video as well that you did uh for that, just like walking around your hometown. It must have been a pretty yeah, fun one. So yeah. like my my best friend Rory, who is actually the person that I wrote concrete about because we were not friends for a while. Um but they animated that video. Um and it's really it's really special because I lived with them in New Brunswick and we threw shows in our house together. Um so they have just been a huge part of my life for so long and it was just so special to have them work on the video. Amazing. Amazing. Uh I guess it must depend uh it must vary depending on on the kind of track you're working on but um do you have like a general approach to songwriting Shalom? You mentioned that you you often start with like a few chords on the bass and then it kind of starts from there but do you have like a general process when it comes to writing like do you start do you have like a a melody or like some lyrics in your head and then kind of build the song around that? Or does it always start with like a baseline? Um, it definitely varies. Uh, depends. Like sometimes if I'm just playing bass for a little while and I get into a little rhythm and then I'm like, Oh, I should write some lyrics over this. Cause this sounds fun. And then mm. I go from there. Mm-hmm. But other times it'll be like, I'll have like a, a phrase in my head and I will just be trying to say it different ways and I'll say it a certain way. And I'll be like, Oh, that could be a cool melody. Mm-hmm. And I try and sit with that. But the thing that every songwriting experience has in common for me is that it's, it's not so much like, I don't, I don't really ever know where it's going. Um, mm-hmm. because, because I don't, I don't have like a very like rigid process. It's just kind of like, it's very depending on like what the song is about, like how I'm feeling, like how I'm doing. Sure. Because it's just, I just kind of sit down and I'm like, okay, come on out feelings. Mm. Let's see what you got. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And it, and it comes out sounding however it sounds. And sometimes it sounds like really like the way I describe um, the song bodies on the record is like, it's like leather like leather pants and camo hoodie and sunglasses <laughs> and you can see everybody but nobody can see you <laughs> um, and that's like the feeling but then there's other songs like happenstance which is not that feeling mm. um so yeah it just depends on where the feelings are kind of manifests itself in different ways yeah. doesn't it yeah no nice nice and uh 
Do you have any uh, upcoming plans to play some shows? Uh, I mean, as a bass player, I would imagine that you enjoy uh, getting up on stage. Is that something you're, you've got some plans for this year or have got any exciting uh, things on the horizon that you can yeah, talk so about? We just finished um, a small album release tour. We played in New York, New Brunswick and in Philly. They were great shows. Um, really, nice. really fun, really special. Um, in the live show, I actually don't play bass. I actually just sing with my vocal pedal okay. um, and do effects. Um, but my friend Sam plays bass. Nice. I, and he's phenomenal. He's a legend. Le- oh, so great. Um, but yeah, we are planning some shows. Um, I am in the process of booking... Um, uh, I don't know how large it will be at this point, but it's it's looking like it might get bigger. Um, but we will be probably touring at the end of April. Okay. Uh, uh, mostly Northeast. We're doing some Canada dates. Uh, trying to look at like Chicago and Milwaukee right now. So, okay. Okay. Um, hopefully, hopefully there will be more shows. Um, I am going home to South Africa in April. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to like come back refreshed and just really like start getting ready for like to take this record on the road. Yeah, yeah, exciting, exciting. Um, I think that's most of the things I wanted to chat to you about, Shalom. Um, awesome. um I'll finish um, just by asking uh, a general question about what else you've got planned for the rest of this year um, or in the pipeline that you're really looking forward to, music wise uh, and life wise. Um, I am really looking forward. Oh, I'm really looking forward to playing a show after some t- people have had time to s- spend with this record. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I'm really excited to like engage with people on a on a on a deeper level with it, like because they've had the time to have them singing uh, singing the lyrics back at you, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's probably the thing that I'm the most excited for. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever that happens, however it will be, it will be very exciting when it happens. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, yeah, it sounds like there's plenty to look forward to uh, this year, which is which is amazing. Um, I think that's a nice place for us to wrap it up. Thank you so much awesome. for your time. Awesome, thank you so much. It's been great. And uh, hopefully the next time we catch up, there'll be a, a lot more for us to, to chat about. And uh, yeah, all the best with everything you've got going on at the moment. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have a great day. And you. You take care. Headliner Radio. Supporting the creative community.